Once upon a time, there was a great famine. And the people of one small village were afraid that they would go hungry. So they hid whatever small amount of food they had. One day, a traveler came through town and asked the villagers if he could have something to eat and a place to stay that night. But they said, ah, oh, you should just keep moving on. There's, there's nothing to eat in town. So he paused for a moment and thought, okay, how about I make you some food to eat? I will make you some stone soup. So he pulled a pot from his wagon, filled it with water, and built a fire underneath it. He then reached into his bag, pulled out a plain gray stone, and plopped it into the boiling water. He then began to slowly stir the pot, sniffing its aroma, licking his lips in anticipation. I do love a tasty stone soup. Of course, stone soup with cabbage. Now that's something really special. Soon, one villager ran home and brought back a, a small wilted cabbage that she had hidden in her pantry. Wonderful, said the traveler. After he chopped it up, put it in the pot, he said, you know, I once had stone soup with cabbage and a bit of beef, and that was delicious. The butcher then went and brought back some, some scraps of beef that were then thrown in the pot. Then the traveler said, could you imagine what, what this would taste like if we had some onion and potatoes, maybe some carrots, possibly some mushrooms? One by one, the villagers brought something to offer. And before they knew it, the, the pot was nearly bubbling over and it's Fragrant aroma filled the air. When the soup was ready, all of the villagers ate enough to satisfy their hunger. Then they asked the traveler if they could buy that magic stone from him. But he said, I might need it again in a nearby village. Besides, you don't need it anymore now that you've learned to contribute what you have to the community. This folk tale is often told to kids uh, as a way of teaching them to share. But it also gets at the heart of what we're talking about today, which is gifts of the Spirit. We have each been given something that we can contribute. Uh, we, we each have some sort of gift, some sort of ability, some sort of way that the Holy Spirit empowers us to serve God and to contribute to the common good. In the stone soup story, one person had some cabbage. Somebody else had carrots or potatoes. And in our community, some have the God-given capacity for administration and others for prayer or for teaching or for leadership, or for hospitality. We all have something that we can contribute for the common good. If you have a Bible with you, I invite you to turn to 1 Corinthians 12. The text will also be on the screen. Let's begin at verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, 
the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still, to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he determines them as he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. Before exploring this passage, let's pray. God, we thank you for these ancient scriptures, and we ask that you would speak through them to us today. Open our minds to deeper understanding, open our hearts to desire your gifts, and open our hands to serve you faithfully. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're currently in a sermon series called The Gift of the Holy Spirit. And today we are looking at how the Holy Spirit is the gift giver. So the one who ultimately is the gift of God also gives gifts to us. And uh, last week, Pastor Ken was preaching on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We learned how This ritual of anointing with oil was originally given to priests and to kings as a sign of being set apart for God's purposes and of being empowered by God's spirit to do what they're called to do. So God's spirit and anointing were originally given only to a select few, but then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out on all God's people. Now, every follower of Christ is anointed with the Holy Spirit. And part of what it means to receive the Holy Spirit is to be given gifts of the Spirit. So that's what we are looking at today. God gives everyone gifts. But unlike Christmas gifts and birthday gifts, spiritual gifts aren't only for us to enjoy ourselves. They are for us to contribute to the community. We do enjoy them, but then we share that joy and we share uh, what God is doing through us with everyone else. Let's explore the what, who, and why of spiritual gifts. What are spiritual gifts? Who gives and receives spiritual gifts? And why do spiritual gifts matter? Check one, two... Okay, is this on? This one's working? Okay. Or is it coming through here? Maybe it is coming through here. I'll just leave this aside right here, just in case. Um, What are spiritual gifts? Spiritual gifts are empowerment for service. The idea is that God is inviting us to do something, to serve him. And he empowers us through his spirit to do what he calls us to do. We're not left on our own to accomplish whatever God wants us to accomplish. God is with us always. His spirit is at work in and We serve not only, let's see, is there another mic over here? Is this one better? All right. You know what, funny enough, I, um, I cut out a section from this sermon because I'm kind of drawing on 
previous ones, uh, <laughs> uh, as I had uh, just got a, a last minute request to, to fill in preaching, uh, and I've, I've preached on this before. Previously, I, I had a section on uh, sound text actually being, you know, kind of having a thankless job. Uh, but I've, I've preached this before in our community, but how they are indispensable. We can't hear what's going on. We can't hear the sermon. We can't hear the worship leader with, without the sound tech, but they often only get attention if, you know, a mic drops out or if there's feedback or all that kind of stuff. But sound techs are some of the hardest working people that I know. They show up early. They stay late. They're working all through the service and uh, they are incredibly gifted. It is really complicated to run a mixing board. And so I am very grateful for all the sound techs in our community. And I, I see you right there, Kenny. You're one of them. <laughs> So get to know your sound techs, show appreciation, write them cards, give them gifts, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Where was I? That was meant to be at the end of the, the sermon at the, uh, in my original draft, but it's, it's changed now. So what are spiritual gifts? They're empowerment for service. And um, sometimes people will think of spiritual gifts as kind of this holy other thing from so-called natural abilities. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit throughout, but I think it's often a little more complicated than that. It's often more intertwined. Um, you might still find a distinction, but ultimately it is about God's strength, God's power through us. But what it might look like sometimes is that maybe you've had an ability for a very long time, maybe even since childhood, and yet, you have kind of had this selfish attitude about it. It's been about, look at what I can do. And what can I get out of this? How can I maybe monetize this ability? And, you know, sometimes we need to do that, of course. But then, somewhere along the way, as God's grace intervenes, as we uh, be, become transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit... God takes what we thought was our own ability and he opens our eyes to see, actually, you know what? God made me this way. And he infuses us with his power and he redirects us to use this ability, not for our own glory, but for God's glory, for his purposes. There's a, a Christian comedian named Michael Jr. <clears throat> and he had an experience of God redirecting his skills in humor. When comedy was all about him, he tried to get laughs from the audience. He was trying to get attention, and it was kind of all about him. But then God changed his mindset and asked him to try to give laughs, give opportunities to laugh. It's more of this, this generous posture. It's about loving the audience. So instead of trying to get laughs, he would give laughs. And one day, after a comedy show, he went outside and noticed that there was a homeless man across the street from the comedy club. He'd never seen a homeless man there before, but that doesn't mean he wasn't there. It just means his priorities weren't allowing him to notice. Uh, but he wondered, why does this guy not seem to have an opportunity to laugh? And that sparked an idea. So Michael went on tour where he would uh, put on shows for juvenile prisoners, for people with HIV, and for kids who suffered abuse. These were tough crowds, as you could imagine. 
But God gave Michael a gift, and he helped some people laugh, do a deep belly laugh for maybe the first time in years. He gave him a gift to be used to meet a need, to give people an opportunity to laugh. And each of us, each of you have been given a gift and God is inviting you to use it to make a difference in the world. Sometimes spiritual gifts look like God taking our strengths opening our eyes to see that it is his strength within us, infusing us with more of his power and helping us go into a new direction to glorify him. Other times, it might look like God taking our weaknesses and working his power through us despite what we think might be impossible. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 Paul reflects on what what God says to him, and uh, God is saying that my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God can work powerfully in our lives, even where we feel weak. When I was a kid, I had a speech impediment. I couldn't say the letter R, and I sounded like I had an accent, which was embarrassing for me, and uh, Quite often I felt misunderstood. Sometimes I was teased. Occasionally other kids would ask me to say something just so they could laugh at my pronunciation. This felt somewhat traumatic. And I began to believe these lies about myself. You're not good enough. What's wrong with you? You have nothing good to say. It's not safe to talk. You might as well keep your mouth shut. So I struggled socially for years. Even after some speech therapy and growing out of my speech impediment, this internal dialogue remained. So I stayed quiet. I stayed apart from others. I spent some years of high school just like on my own most of the time. This internal dialogue was sometimes conscious and sometimes just below the surface impacting how I saw myself and how I engaged in the world. But at some point, God's grace intervened. He started giving me words to say, slowly built up my confidence, gave me people in my life who encouraged me. And perhaps the greatest surprise of my life was when I sensed God calling me to preach. So this young boy with a speech impediment would have never believed that one day he'd be standing up in front of a congregation and talking for 30 minutes. But that's how God's grace works sometimes. And I make no claims to be a great preacher. This isn't about me. This is about what God can do through me when I let him. What might God do through you when you let him? The Spirit gives good gifts, even surprising gifts, like power in weakness. So what kinds of abilities are considered spiritual gifts? I once had a professor who liked to say that eating chocolate was his spiritual gift. Of course, he was joking. But I do think it is important to think broadly about all kinds of different abilities. It can be unhelpful to be too narrow on this. For example, sometimes people neglect to think of the arts as a spiritual gift. It's not listed in some of the common 
lists of gifts in the Bible. And yet, there's a story in Exodus where we read of this guy named Bezalel, who is said to have been filled with the Spirit and that God gave him all kinds of abilities in arts and craftsmanship. So even though this gift of the arts isn't necessarily listed in some of the gifts lists, it is in the Bible. And perhaps there's all kinds of other gifts that we might find scattered throughout the Bible and maybe even some that aren't explicitly mentioned but that throughout church history and today we have experienced of God giving this, this ability, this power that's used for the common good, that's used for his glory. In 1 Corinthians 12, which we read earlier, we see one of those lists of gifts. Uh, a message of wisdom, a message of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in different tongues, and interpreting tongues. This is not an exhaustive list of spiritual gifts. There's multiple lists in different parts of the New Testament. Uh, so, of course, 1 Corinthians 12, also Romans 12, and Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, uh, and, and then all kinds of different stories of God's Spirit at work through people. So, these are meant to be examples, not the only options. In the context of, of this passage, Paul is actually trying to correct some misunderstandings that the Corinthians had about certain gifts. People were being uh, competitive and divisive, having pride about the, the kinds of gifts that they have and looking down on others. So Paul was confronting that, and that's why he brought up these certain gifts. But in other passages, he brings up other kinds of gifts, some things that might sound less overtly, quote, spiritual, and maybe things that we in society would be more familiar with, things like administration, helping, caring, encouraging, and leading. We might be tempted to think these are just human abilities, aren't they? But no, these are gifts of the Spirit as well. God's power at work through his people. We, we can often be tempted to think of all of our abilities and our passions and even our, our life as just our own, apart from God, as if God has nothing to do with it. But no, God made you. God loves you. God brought your life into existence at a certain time, in a certain place, because he has a reason for your being. He has purposes for your life. He's made you uniquely for your contributions in the church and in the world. Of course, your, your life is about more than just what you do, what you contribute, but that is part of it, that you get to offer something to others, offer something of what you do to God. The things that you love and the things that you are good at somehow link into the purposes of God. So what we typically call natural abilities very well could be a gift that God has given you as well. Whatever gift God gives you, it is meant to be used. It is the cabbage that you can add to the soup. We can use our gifts for God's purposes in the church and also for God's purposes in the world. So someone with the gift of wisdom, for example, would be 
a great blessing to have on our church's board of elders. And someone with a gift of wisdom would also be very beneficial in a business or in politics. Wisdom from God is, is it's God-given insight to help you make good decisions in a specific situation. You can see how that's valuable. It's incredibly valuable, both in the church and in the world. Someone with the gift of helping has the capacity to joyfully accomplish tasks that benefit other people uh, through just meeting practical needs. Sometimes these are just simply humble tasks that others might not want to do, but somebody will joyfully do them, maybe even take the initiative to do it, maybe even offer to take someone else's task off their hands so they can bless them. You can do that in the church, being part of a setup team. You can do that uh, in your own neighborhood, maybe helping an elderly person take out their garbage or recycling or mow their lawn. You could do that in the workplace when you see a colleague or even your boss that's really stressed out at some point and you say, can I take something off your shoulders? That's the gift of helping. And anytime I've received somebody else's gift of helping, I feel like that has been just such an incredible gift to me and to our community. Someone with the gift of prophecy hears a message from God, maybe from scripture or maybe directly from the Holy Spirit, either uh, hearing in heart and mind or seeing through a vision or a dream in a way that is consistent with scripture. And this gift of prophecy could be used to encourage someone or to uh, discern God's guidance or to pay attention to a, a warning that we need to heed or to uh, just remember to pray or to reach out to someone. A friend of mine named Michelle has a gift of prophecy and she shared about one of her first experiences when she was in Ecuador. And in this worship service, they broke into groups to pray. And everyone in her group was praying in Spanish except for her. She didn't know Spanish, so she was praying in English. And at one point, in her mind's eye, she saw these letters appear, and they formed the name Kevin Gonzalez. She didn't know anyone by that name and wondered if that was just her imagination. But she sensed that God was inviting her to pray for this name, so she courageously started praying out loud in English for Kevin Gonzalez, not knowing who that was. And then this other lady in the group looked surprised and went off to go get the translator so she could talk with Michelle. It turns out this other woman had the name Kevin Gonzalez written in the back of her prayer journal because she knew someone by that name whose father recently died. She was intending to reach out to him but hadn't yet done so. And she took this kind of prophetic prayer as a sign that God was saying, okay, it's time you... You finally go do that. Go reach out to this guy. Remember to show love and kindness to those who are hurting. I know of others who have had dreams about coworkers, and maybe they don't share that dream, uh, but they, they take it as, as God guiding them to, again, just shine the light of Christ to, to those around them in their workplace. God speaks to his people, and some uh, hear frequently and have this kind of prophetic gift. Prophetic gift. 
It can be used both in the church and in the world. Each of the spiritual gifts are important and contribute something to the church and the world. We need everyone's gifts. We need people who serve and get things done. We need people who are good encouragers, giving us uh, hope and calling out the best in us. We need people who show mercy and kindness. We need people who teach us and help us to grow. We need people who lead us with a compelling vision. No one has all the gifts or could do everything that needs to be done, but God has given us everything we need in our community by distributing various gifts to all the people. So spiritual gifts are these unique abilities that God gives his people, empowering them with the spirit to do what he's calling them to do for the common good. Let's move on to the second question, and I'll pick up the pace here. Who gives and receives spiritual gifts? We've already begun to answer this question, but let's dig deeper. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 6, Paul says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, in in everyone, it is the same God at work. And this word same keeps on coming up even as we keep reading the passage from there. The same Spirit gives all the gifts. The same God who worked powerfully through Moses and David and the prophets and the apostles can work through you too. Have you ever wondered, what can I possibly contribute? How can I serve God meaningfully? I'm just a normal, average person without much to give. God loves to choose people just like you. It's not about what we bring to the table. It's about what God brings to the table by the power of his spirit when we make ourselves available to him. So if you are longing to get involved, to contribute to what God is doing in the world, uh, all you got to do is have open hands, be ready to receive, be ready to go, be ready to uh, use whatever gift God has to give you. God is a generous giver. And Jesus taught us about this in Luke 11. He said, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish will give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, meaning just, you know, though you're human, though you're sinful, know how, mu- uh, how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If you want to experience more of the presence and power of God in your life, simply ask He is good. He is generous. He will give you the desires of your heart when you are praying in the will of God, which is this kind of thing. (laughs) Lord, I want more of your presence. I want more of your power at work through me. I want to serve you. I will take whatever gift you have to give me and use it for your glory and for the good of the community. If you pray that way, what do you think will happen? Do you think God will ignore you? No. Do you think he will lay a heavy burden on you and make your life miserable? No. No. God is good. God is generous. 
God has all the abundance of the world and more to give. And he wants your life to be meaningful. He wants you to know that not only that you have gifts, but that you are a gift, which is true. Each and every one of you is a gift in our community. I hope you know that and that you'll come to know that more and more. John is a part of this community, and he gave me permission to share this story. Uh, Years ago, he was a little reluctant to step into leadership. He could sing and play guitar, but he preferred to play a supportive role for another worship leader. Yet I could clearly see leadership gifting in him, but I I was trying not to be too pushy, so I, I didn't like, you know, throw him in the deep end right away. But then eventually, John voluntarily jumped in to lead worship at a retreat when no one else was available. We were kind of in a desperate state, and he, he put himself out there. And at this retreat, John's leadership shined. His song choices were just so fitting with the themes of the guest speaker's talks. He led the band with a gentle confidence. His spoken elements were clear, thoughtful, and sprinkled with some appropriate humor at just the right moments. Since that retreat, John has led worship at our Sunday services as well. And it's such a joy to see him using this gift that God has given him. While he was reluctant at first, he eventually came to realize that God has given him this gift. It's not about what he can do or what he thinks he can't do, but about what God can do through him when he's willing. It is the Holy Spirit who gives the gifts. And who receives them? Everyone. No one is left out. Paul says, in everyone, it is the same God at work. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. He distributes them to each one, just as he determines. God gives spiritual gifts to every member of the community. And together, we are the body of Christ. Sometimes we just get too used to a certain saying. Uh, We get familiar with it. The body of Christ. Okay, that's just kind of an analogy for the church. But no, we... We are like the physical embodiment of Jesus on the earth with, by his spirit through us. Not by ourselves alone, but together, people encounter Jesus through his church as we are each contributing something, as we are each showing the love of Christ to others. Did you, do you realize that you help make Jesus more known in this place? When you show up when you participate in whatever way God is inviting you, we see Jesus more clearly. We experience his presence more fully. The opposite's also true. When you don't show up, when you don't participate in whatever way God's inviting you, something's missing. And that leads to our final question. Why do spiritual gifts matter? Spiritual gifts matter because they help us understand the unique contributions that everyone can make. Spiritual gifts show us that diversity is good. Paul uses the imagery of the body. The human body is one integrated whole, yet is made up of many parts. As Paul says in verse 17 to 18, 
the whole, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Diversity in community is good. If we were all task-oriented, maybe we'd get a lot of stuff done, but perhaps some relationships would be lacking. If we were all people-oriented, maybe we'd have some great conversations, but there might be some things left undone. If we were all artistic, where would logistics be? If we were all pragmatic, where would beauty be? If we were all one thing, everything else would be lacking. In God's wisdom, he distributes various gifts to the different members of the church so that when we come together and each do our part, we flourish like a healthy body. It's a beautiful thing to see our church working together as a unified whole. On a Sunday service, I see our communion servers uh, prepare the table. I see our sound and media techs uh, helping us hear and see things that we need to hear and see. I see our music team leading us in worship, our prayer team interceding for people, our hospitality team helping to make sure that there's refreshments for everyone, our greeters making a welcoming space and collecting the offering. You know, I've heard some people say that having cookies after the service when they, they came the first time helped them feel loved and like they wanted to come back and be a part of this community. Sometimes just these, these little tasks, these little things that we might not give a second thought to, a little act of kindness, a word of encouragement, can actually change the trajectory of someone's life. Someone might encounter Christ partly through something you contribute and then experience transformation through their lifetime. It's a beautiful thing. And sometimes we just need to connect the dots and think about, yeah, how is what I'm contributing here part of what God is doing? I also think of people using their gifts in kids' ministry and in youth and young adults and in Alpha and in our Oasis, our Oasis Cafe meal program and in our refugee ministry. There's, there's just like so many ways that people are serving God through this church. And of course, it's beyond these walls as well. People are meeting in homes midweek for life group. And some people are leading or teaching, and others are providing hospitality. Some are uh, leading others in prayer or uh, helping the group stay organized or to ha have fun. All of these things are, are ways that people are using their gifts and often exploring their gifts for the first time in, in a small group setting where maybe it feels like the, the stakes are lower. There's, there's a small group of people that are rooting for you, that love you, and you can try some things, and it's okay if you fail a little bit. Uh, but maybe you'll sense that God is working through you in a way you hadn't thought of before. And then beyond life groups and church ministries, God calls us to use our gifts out in the world, wherever he sends us, in the home, in the neighborhood, in the workplace, in some volunteer capacity, serving God, uh, shining the light of Christ, uh, we are the church, not only when we gather, but also when we're dispersed. So God continues to use his people to accomplish his purposes in the world. 
Spiritual gifts matter because they help us appreciate all the diversity of the ways that the people contribute, but they also help us see that we need each other. Each part of the body cannot function on its own. If, you know, if a pastor shows up and just preaches and is the only one that comes to do anything, a lot of other stuff won't be happening. <laughs> in fact, I, I think I was noticing today that I missed an email, and I think, I'm not sure if we got coffee or not, but uh, somebody was scheduled, and I, I missed their communication with me, and, you know, when you don't show up, with the, when we don't have your gift to contribute, we, we might be missing something, so sorry if there's no coffee today. Uh, that, that's part of what this is. We, we each contribute something. People are serving in different ways, and, uh, yeah. By the way, the person that, that missed out, it's, it's my fault. I didn't, <laughs> didn't check my email. But, um, but that's just to say that we are all contributing to the flourishing of the community. Um, in verse 21 to 25, Paul says, um, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Remember that the Corinthians were, they're quarreling. They're prideful about their gifts. They're looking down on each other for, you know, look, puffing themselves up and looking down on each other. That's not the way to be. We're meant to be a community that affirms one another, that sees the gifts in one another. When we see somebody humbly serving, that's something to affirm we might want to try to open our eyes to who's serving behind the scenes and give them a pat on the back, give them a word of encouragement, maybe give them a hand. <laughs> Those of you who are serving behind the scenes, maybe in a way that nobody notices, God sees you. God knows. What you are contributing is indispensable. We need you. It is, I would say, more important to be thinking of spiritual gifts in terms of the little things, the things that maybe no one notices, than to be thinking of some sort of platform and lights and whatnot. Uh, that's not what it means to be gifted. It means you're someone who, when, when somebody else thinks of who is like a great encourager, who's someone who shows the love of Christ, and they think of you, that, that's, that's what it means to be a gift in the community. It's these little things, these things that often don't get noticed, but they are indispensable. When we can recognize the gifts that God has given uh, in each other and celebrate how God is at work through one another, we become a special kind of community, a community where everyone is valued, where everyone has something to contribute where we can all experience unity in diversity. And when everyone has more potential than they realize in themselves because the power of God is at work through them. That makes us a, a special kind of community. And 
we can, we can flourish together uh, as we each do our part. So I encourage you to consider how God might be inviting you to use your gifts. Perhaps many of you are, and, and maybe you have been serving in a way, but you feel like, you know what, I think there's something else that God is calling me to at least try. Give it a try. <laughs> maybe make a switch. Uh, for some of you, you might really have no idea what your gifts are. And the best way to discover them is to just jump in, get in the game, try something out, see where God's strength is at work through you, just through trial and error. And to also pay attention to the encouragement and feedback of others. Uh, so that means to, to notice the words of affirmation and uh, maybe some words of critique or challenge as well, but take those with a grain of salt. It's, uh, it's more where we notice people saying, yeah, you're, you're so encouraging. Or you are, when, when you pray for me, I just feel the presence of God or what, whatever it might be, pay attention to those affirmations. But of course, to receive feedback and affirmation People need to see you in action. So that means you, you just got to get in the game. You got to get started serving in some way. Uh, so I encourage you to uh, pay attention to what sort of needs there might be or to, to ask a pastor, hey, how can I serve? What, what might I be able to contribute? Um, again, it can be both in the church community and beyond. But may we all keep growing as the body of Christ as we each contribute our gifts. Let's pray. Living God, we thank you for the gift of your spirit. And we thank you for the gifts that you bring to our community through one another. Help us to be receptive. Help us to be open to whatever gift you give to us. Help us to not have any sort of gift envy of anyone else, but to recognize that each of us has something to contribute that is indispensable. May we affirm one another and celebrate the gifts that we see in one another. May we be a flourishing community as each of us does the part that you give us to do. We pray in the name of Jesus, amen.